0: Good day and good evening, wherever you are listening. Welcome to the very first installment of Philosophical Fellows. Here we talk about, well, pretty much everything from religion to philosophical works to ideologies and cults. Uh, We are here to educate and inform and hopefully have some laughs between today and I am here with co-host and co-founder Ryan Wilson. Ryan, how's it going, brother?
1: It's going great.
0: Yeah. Uh Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Uh,
1: yeah. In short, my name is Ryan Wilson. Um, I'm a student. At, we'll bleep that out. Um, and am <laughs> <laughs> uh, training for ministry at the moment. Um uh, and, yeah, I just love the Lord, and I love uh, podcasts and production and theology and philosophy. So, this is like a fun thing that me and Austin can do. So, yeah.
0: And my name's Austin as well. I'm wrapping up uh, my undergrad degree at uh, a Bleed out Seminary, and um, I uh, <laughs> and uh, also feel called to ministry, and, and I am in training for ministry. Um, have a huge passion to church plant in the near future. Um, I too enjoy discussing religion and philosophy, and uh, examining uh, cults and beliefs. And uh, just, just seemed like a, a good fit. Me and Ryan have worked together in the past, um, and so you know we're going to we're going to have some fun with this. So uh, today, uh, Ryan, I want to talk about something uh, within the realm of Christianity. And it's it's a topic that sort of um, kind of gets swept under the rug. It doesn't get looked at as much, and that's the topic of uh, pneumatology, or mm. the study of the Holy Spirit. Um, granted, we are Baptists, uh, so go ahead and crucify us for that. But uh, we are Baptists, and um, you know, other denominations seem to have a different understanding of the Holy Spirit than we do. Obviously, the Pentecostals rely a, a great deal upon the Holy Spirit. But the, for Baptists, it seems like, you know, we don't really know what to do with the Holy Spirit. So, Ryan, if you could just like kind of speak of your personal experience um, in the churches that you've grown up in um, and the experiences that you've had with Baptist churches and people who seem to mishandle uh, the Holy Spirit, because I know in my experience, people um, they they don't even really refer use use it. You know, in, in, in the the liberals' term, they don't use the proper pronoun um, to describe the Holy Spirit. They refer refer to the Holy Spirit as almost like "it," calling the Holy Spirit "it" instead of "he." Um, why do you think? You know, why why do you think the church, or at least the Baptist church, seems to seems to mishandle this and is it just a, a regional thing? or like, let's, Just give me your thoughts on that.
1: Um, okay, so I've kind of seen it um, go both ways. And that was just because a lot of the guys that I discipled in like, high school and early college were not Baptist. Um, but I was still growing up in a Baptist church. Um, so, I mean, my personal experience is... Pretty much the only time that he was referred to um, was essentially whenever, I'm trying to think, basically whenever somebody was called to ministry, it was like he was the only one that called you. Um, And he wasn't ever honestly involved in the call to salvation, like it was always just... um, you know, Jesus is knocking at the door um, <laughs> and I'm like, um, pretty sure the Holy <laughs> Spirit is like super involved in this process. <laughs> I get the metaphor that Jesus is knocking at the door and it's somewhat biblical, but to, at the same time, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit the one that even starts that regeneration uh, yeah. of the heart um, for you even to get there. Um, and it even gives you the ability to, I mean, he, we are obviously, because we made the image of God, we're blessed with the ability to reason. Um, but the Holy Spirit is the one that fixes that reason to be able to mm. reason with the Lord rightly um, for salvation. Um, so I think I saw that uh, as Baptist, and you know, maybe not just as Baptist, but as kind of... Um, many I don't want to say uninformed but um, unstudied Christians Um, and as I say that I don't mean like you didn't read enough books that come from seminaries and stuff I mean that like as a southern (laughs) environment that has our cliche sayings on pieces of wood in our house we keep reading those but we don't read the bible enough Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's really been the thing that we've left him out of the credit that he deserves in the process of salvation. Um, mm-hmm. But in the other realms, so I've I, um, um, discipled a lot of Pentecostal friends um, that I met through school. Um, essentially, they came to salvation, or they either thought they had, um, but um, and their parents were highly involved, and they were like, well, my mom says that if I can't speak in tongues, then I'm not a Christian. Uh, right. And I would meet them and, okay, like one time went to church with them and like, you know, they're singing, dancing and shocking my line and <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and um, you just like, I don't I don't know if I see that in scripture, because um, you know, um, Paul speaks and says whatever is profitable um, that, and when you're filled with the Spirit and there's tongues involved, that there has to be translation. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was that, that was always a big um, debate um, with them, but it was. They thought their mom was crazy too, <laughs> but they saw her yeah. their mother. So, you know, it's like, I I love my mom and, you know, I want to trust everything she says, but I don't know if this is right. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of a hard line for them, even though it seemed kind of silly. Um, and, you know, it, I mean, there's millions of Pentecostals. So, of course, it's still kind of a reality that you have to deal with. Um mm. I think the only other thing I ever dealt with was I've met a few Baptists um they went get they couldn't get scholarships to Southeastern or any other seminary because of this one thing um It's a private pair language and um I think that was only the unique the unique area that I actually kind of like debated with myself for a bit is that mm-hmm. possible um how does that work? Um, We were joking about a small group the other night. It was like I was talking to uh, (laughs) my men in the small group about certain plans I had with a certain person, but that certain person was a small group, too, and the other group. And so the men were like, oh, "Okay, we'll pr- we'll just pray, pray in a private prayer language. <laughs> we all know what we're praying about, and God knows what we're praying about. And it just he keeps it hidden from everyone else." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, obviously that was a joke. But in a way, you're like, "Oh, wait, a- can that work for some people?" But is that like, is there really a purpose there at all? Like, I don't know. So yeah, that's my three experiences. I'll keep, I'll keep it at that. Cause I don't want to talk for an hour. <laughs> um, <it's just> me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, in my experience with churches, like, it's just not been handled well. Um, the whole issue with the Holy spirit, I haven't had a whole lot of experiences with, with Pentecostals. Um, Growing up, we kind of steered clear. It was just kind of the, the kind of like how it was when I was growing up. Um, but what I can attest to is that um, the churches that I attended did not really do a, a great job of explaining the Holy Spirit and, and what his what his role is. And, and the things that he does it, they just didn't do a good job of explaining it they they kind of mentioned him in passing that you know, he's involved with the salvation uh and like he's involved with the regeneration process, yeah. but outside of that they don't really don't really use him as well as he could or as well as they they could um and so um I was just curious in the in the the churches that you've grown up in. Uh, Did they do a good job of explaining who the Holy Spirit is, what his role is, and, you know, how he's not really subservient or or under, you know, God the Father and Jesus Christ? Because oftentimes it seems like there's this, in, in Christians' minds, there's this hierarchy between the Trinity. And it's like, oh, you have God and Jesus up here, but the Holy Spirit's down here. Right. And... I was just curious if, if your church, your uh, the, the, the church that you grew up in, and and then obviously the church that you're in now, which I'm sure is, you know, does do it the right way. But um, did they do a good job of explaining the Holy Spirit and what he does?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was always kind of a mystery, honestly. Um, I think, you know, where he would come up in the New Testament, it was kind of mentioned um again like i said it seemed like he was still when it came to people actually getting saved and us giving offering calls uh not offering calls what you called it uh altar calls he was pretty absent and so i mean that thing is if your theology doesn't come into your practice you really believe it um Mm. but um and the sense of teaching it um I think, you know, if it was ever in the New Testament patch- passage, like say we were talking about where Jesus got baptized, of course, they're like, oh, he came in the form of a dove, you know, landed on Jesus' shoulder, but that didn't necessarily describe what he does, you know, other than show mm-hmm. God's, you know, calling, Um which is super important. But again, I don't even think that was expressed. It was just like, oh, he's present, you know, <laughs> Um right. And then they say, well uh God's god uh I don't mean the great Commission wasn't really even I felt like a thing <laughs> in the sense of people actually talking about it till maybe five years ago, and um you know excessively, and mm-hmm. I think that's when people started teaching, oh yeah he yeah, oh Jesus actually did send him down <laughs> um he hasn't you know just been here randomly, like it's kinda out of nowhere um." But yeah, essentially, I feel like it's just really mystical, like, oh, you don't really know how he works, but he works, and you really just feel him when you feel him, Um, you know. And I think what I would have loved, too, or highly appreciated that I'm, like, super, um, like, invested and thankful for now is, like, the uh, Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Um, mm. and it's like he was actually everywhere. <laughs> um, and yeah. it, but uh, honestly, you grow up and you think he's just a, a dude that was just. Well, <laughs> I say, a dude, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but it just seemed like he was just God chilling with the Father while Jesus is doing all the hard work until the New Testament. You know, like yeah, yeah. Well, and some would say even Jesus was doing that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, so it's just like, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much. That's pretty much how I would summarize that. So,
0: so to go to go biblically and to um, biblically explain what it is that the Holy Spirit is, I think the the best. The sorry, I got to tickle my throat. All right. And we're back, folks. Um, you got to go biblically and look at Matthew uh, fourteen twenty five and twenty six, where he, where Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's telling them that you know he's going to send a helper, mm. and he will teach you all things, bring you remembrance to the things that he has that that you know uh, Jesus said. Um. And you know, we also read where the Holy Spirit is, it is very important because that's that's the stamp of approval from God on us. That, that, that that's a stamp saying, This one's mine. You know, the the Holy Spirit is is our our seal of faith. And <clears throat> and you know, if if you know you don't have the Holy Spirit within you, you're not a believer. And so you know the Holy Spirit is very very important, and you know the fact that Jesus uses the word uh, helper like uh, he, he helps us with so many things in our daily life you know helps us helps lead and guide us into making right decisions convicts us and you know uh, helps us turn back to God whenever we um we, whenever we screw up and You know, he intercedes for us on our behalf and, you know, because we're human, we, we think we have a good idea of how to pray and, and what that looks like, but we really don't. We screw a lot of things up and, you know, the, the Holy Spirit can help correct that. And there's so many things that the Holy Spirit does that the church just simply is not talking about. Mm. And if... If the church were to talk about it more, especially in Baptist circles, where we kind of just view the Holy Spirit as this this thing that's too complicated and we we shouldn't touch it, it's and, and that's just the wrong perspective to view it because the Holy Spirit is is so powerful and is so important. You know, He does more than just convict us of our sin; like He helps us get through every single day and He helps lead us and guide us and you know I think the biggest part is he intercedes for us on our behalf um I don't know just, just give me some some of your thoughts what you think that 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 uh that word helper means and how important that is to the the Christian every single day
1: yeah um well I guess I'll go ahead and just start with john fourteen twenty six when Jesus is talking um to his disciples um and I think it was maybe not just the, the smaller group of disciples but the broad um, you know like 70 uh, that were there consistently um, it says but the helper the Holy Spirit from whom the Father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you so um, you got two things here I think particularly so he will teach you all things um, so there's that which Jesus taught them which and that's second pointed that he's gonna you know help us remember that's just not for the disciples um of course we're having to apply this to modern day life i mean for them he's helping them actually remember <laughs> and in right. a sense even record the scriptures um with you know uh, that that we're even reading so remembering what he taught them and the life that he lived with them um and for us as we read the scriptures and we study the scriptures um we love the, you know, the authority that God's given us that um, we can remember Wait. that. Oh, you there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay, sorry. I think the mic went out or something. Um, anyway, so he helps us uh, remember the scriptures, um, not mm-hmm. just in our time of need, but our time of joy. Um, it's a big note of what uh, I was really thinking about yesterday that our th- we do theology for our joy um in Christ and in the Holy Spirit um and in the Father um and then mm. but again the first the first point there is I think he will teach you all things so there's clearly plenty of stuff in the New Testament Jesus didn't sp- speak directly about I and mean, especially mm-hmm. for um us in the modern uh two thousand years down the road, there's issues that then we were not even fathomable. Fath- fathomable is that how you say? It? Fathomable, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> in uh, that day and time, uh, I mean, just with the culture, technology, and such. And so, um, in that sense, the Holy Spirit is teaching us how to handle that in a holy way, in a way that honors the Lord um mm. how do we interact with our culture um and there's probably other theological things associated with all things in that verse um and I, I need to go back and fully flesh that context but that was just that was just a verse that came to my mind again the holy spirit helping um <laughs> he is the helper and um and even though we may not do it perfectly he does and mm. um he is always there always present and the thing is that I mean, we have to remember there's other verses where, you know, it speaks of grieving the spirit. Uh, We then make sure not to do that that, um, in the sense. So like when he helps us, we are fully ready to be helped. I mean, in a sense, Um, like I said, we don't do it perfectly, but he does.
0: Um, Mm. So, you know, you know, like we talked about, like our experiences with people, and um, it seems like I've I've heard before where people have said, like in a church service, like, "Man, the Holy Spirit, it's just it's just so present here today." What, like, why do you think that some some believers? Uh, refer to the Holy Spirit as like an like an an inanimate object or a vague force. Um and they tend to tend to not um, view him in the proper light. And is it just because they don't have a proper understanding of the Holy Spirit or like what what do you think is the cause for that?
1: Oh, that's a good question.
0: Um
1: again, I think um, theology is meant to be taught um, and not only for our joy um, not only for our spiritual like daily prophet um, but also in dual appointed one so the spirit can help us better I mean he's teaching us all things but at the same time we have respons- responsibility to study that scripture so he can help us remember it Um mm-hmm and that's even concerning knowledge of him. I mean, we have to really remember that the Holy Spirit is one person in the Trinity. He is God. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah.
1: And to know him better is to know God and to love him. Um, And uh, in my second point there, I would say that I don't, I don't... Oh, I had a second point. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think essentially what I was going to say is that um, that uh, there's like... It's wrongful teaching um, and the Holy Spirit as long as Scripture and theology is meant for reproof um, Mm -hmm. of bad theology um sense of like i've heard preachers literally say by the like the you know when tough things are going on in church and they're like the holy spirit's not present today because you have disobeyed the lord you know it's like right um <laughs> pretty sure like this is pretty bad to use god as like a church political line like yeah you know like oh y'all voted on the wrong decision so i'm gonna make you feel like God's left you and but then you uh, voted for the wrong color of carpet god doesn't love you anymore right or when <laughs> the, uh, the church finally gave the right amount of tithe he's like oh god is in this place <laughs> okay like we it's been since genesis 1 since God, uh, since the spirit was hovering over the waters. All right. And Ever since he's been um, working in men or reigning in men. And especially since the new Testament, he's only as far as we know, been remaining inside of men, um, mm. saints <laughs> as their helper and as the helper to the Lord as well. Cause of course we're his mission and his people and his, his passion. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't know. It has to do a lot with theology. Um, and you know, half the churches I know that are Baptists get scared when they hear theology and they just, a mm-hmm. uh, pastor, too <clears throat> it's hilarious. It's like, did you go to seminary? I, I don't know. You would, you would think theology isn't that so scary because it's really, it's literally the study of God, which is meant for loving him more. So
0: I don't yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think sometimes you know the theology gets a little twisted um, into where it seems as though the father and the son deserve more honor than the Holy Spirit and I think I think when you look at you know it, it's we we, we we see the Holy Spirit as almost like you know in the background and he's not fully fully exposed in the Bible as, you know, obviously, you know, God, the father in the old Testament and, you know, you know, all the stuff that goes on in the old Testament, you know, you, you look, you look in the old Testament, it seems like God's just smiting people left and right. (laughs) And he just comes off as this abrasive and harsh God in the old Testament. um, When you look at it at first glance, and then, you know, we see the new Testament where, you know, Jesus is, is the, the, kind of the full drive behind the New Testament, you know, coming in and starting the new covenant and, and basically, you know, being the better version of everything that happened in the old Testament. And then it's just kind of like, we see the Holy spirit in in here and there. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that the Holy spirit is fully divine and he should be given the same honor and the same respect that is given to the father and the son. You know, I, I'm a huge advocate for worshiping and praising the Holy Spirit because he is part of the Trinity. He is God and he deserves to be worshiped and praised as such. And he should not be thought of, you know, as in in, in any form or fashion, he should not be considered inferior to, to them. And, you know, although it may seem like his role at times can be subordinate, it's really not um, because, you know, the Father sends the Holy Spirit. Um, so I think it's just, you know, once again, people either not, not caring enough to understand theology or they're being taught bad theology. Um, because, you know, like I said, the Holy Spirit, he's fully divine. He is God and he should be treated as such. Mm. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean I totally agree. Um be like surprise I disagree with you there. He's actually not. notch kid against podcast immediately. <laughs> you ruined it. I gotta edit it now. Um <laughs> so yeah, I mean I, I agree with Fuller Divine and everything and um I mean like definitely can't disagree there. Um I think and I can further agree with you on the theology um, aspect. Uh, again, I think it's it comes down to just, again, the responsibility of both the under shepherd and the congregation. Um, and like, you know, typically we, we especially for the, those of us that's gone to seminary, we want to be like, oh, your church is going astray. That's your fault, pastor. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like and i get that and i resonate with that like as an under shepherd your church is going to follow what you're going to say and hold to that as that's what the Lord's saying so if you're not teaching them right theology or you're not teaching them that they should care about theology then you know you're not you're either leading the church astray or you're keeping them stagnant um but at the same time, the church also has a responsibility as believers and with the Holy Spirit inside them, they know that they should be doing it, whether they're doing it or not. And that's reading the word, um, because at the end of the day, um, you don't always, I mean, it, David Platt even said, like, if every believer was reading their Bible daily, and I, I don't know if I fully agree with this point, but I, can, I get where he's going with it. He said, every believer read their Bible daily, um, then pastor there would be no need for pastors um (laughs) but Mm. i I don't i don't necessarily agree with that uh, because i was like uh that's a biblical institution but i get what he's (laughs) saying like the fact is that it's a very small percentage of believers that read their bible every day or that even read it once a week you know outside of church Um, but Mm. if they were doing that they wouldn't need their pastors to teach teach them right theology they could just expo- they do exposition on a passage you know during the week which most of you know us now do um, and right. just let the congregation <laughs> handle out their theology in group. like because <laughs> um, instead of having to do topical sermons from the, the pulpit because that's the responsibility of the believer um, so again it's we help each other out as part of what being the body of Christ is. Um, and like literally the spirit is called the helper. And, and they, this is like what Jesus says, the spirit is and does <laughs> in John fourteen yeah. twenty six, And like, we're not utilizing that at all. We, we, and we're not, we're, we don't act truly thankful for what we've been given. And that, and that just shows But I mean, what are we what, are, what opportunity are we giving him to help? Where we're not reading hmm. scripture, so he can't he he can't bring us something back to the memory that we don't know that we haven't read. Um, right. And if we're not seeking his help to teach us and all things, that's then, um, that, that's that's a whole probably in a whole another topic that we can save for another day. But is yeah. engaging culture in a Christ and like a, a way that honors Christ. Uh, if, if if we're not doing that, he can't teach us how to do it well. Like, uh, and of course, we're gonna mess up. But essentially, that's why he's there. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, of course. And uh, just a few more things that I want to talk about before we before we wrap it up. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that I was thinking about in the process of this is the difference between, um, you know, how how Christians you know truly come to salvation, truly come to know Christ versus the the Mormon view of this. And, you know, if you've ever read anything about the Mormon view, the Holy Spirit is like, <clears throat> it's, you know, you're supposed to read the Book of Mormon, pray to God, and then you'll get this, you know, warmth in your bosom. <laughs> And <laughs> I was like it I was like if only salvation was that easy um you know to just you know feel the warmth in your bosom after reading um after reading the uh the Book of Mormon and, and to me you know the salvation part, you know, there's obviously a moment you know where I don't know, it's either it's either a, a life changing event when you come to know Christ as, as a believer, or it's it's something that's gradual. And with with me, really, there wasn't this extreme event. I just kind of believed, you know. Mm-hmm. It and I, I can't point back to really one specific moment. Yeah, I was, you know. Uh, Quote, saved when I was like five years old and I got baptized, but I didn't really understand, really didn't understand, you know, the full weight of my sin. And I didn't really, really fully understand, um, you know, what Jesus's sacrifice meant until I got a little older. And then once I got a little older, I was like, holy crap, I am dirty and I, I need God. And that's just kind of, you know, a moment that kind of hit me. I don't remember exactly when it happened, but. I remember that, you know, I believed. And I remember that I believe, believed in God, I believed in His Son, and I believed, you know, that Jesus had done everything necessary to take care of my sin. And then, you know, I think the the, the part where the, the Holy Spirit really grinds in, you know, and it's not just this warmth in your bosom that you feel. It's, it's a tough sanctification process. It's tough. <laughs> right. That the first, you know, you know, when you're, when you're, it is still tough, you know, I've been a believer for years now and it's still tough. The sanctification process, that process of, you know, you do, it feels like you do more wrong things than you do right. And, you know, you, you, you still follow the Lord and you still try to, to install those healthy habits, but you know, there's, you sin and you, you screw up and you feel like, you know, you feel like crap. Yeah. and then you know the Lord swoops in and, and and shows you that love and that mercy and reminds you of who you are in him mm. and then you know you feel good again you feel you feel whole and it's just a hard process a hard process of learning lessons and you know I had to go through that and we uh, if you know if you're a true believer then you should be going through that too um, it, it's just a hard process but I think that's where the Holy Spirit really, works the most. And it's through that sanctification process, that process of God, uh, you know, smoothing us out with sandpaper, you know, cutting off, you know, whatever uh, the cutting off the tree limbs, whatever, you know, analogy you want to use. It's a painful process. I mean, when when you think of, you know, God pruning a tree, you're clipping off parts of the tree, you know, that can't, you know, if the tree had feelings, I'm sure he'd be, you know, pretty upset, <laughs> but, um, but you know, that's just got to stay Holy... away from,
1: parentheses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the Holy spirit is, is very active in sanctification and that's a place I feel like a lot of people don't see that. Um, but you know, what, what are your thoughts on that, Ron?
1: So, Paul is speaking from the Holy Spirit and the Spirit is speaking for Jesus and when Paul talks about sanctification he he, he basically says that Christians will suffer um hmm. and um and if you're following the Lord and you're speaking his truth at some point you're going to have some type of persecution uh you're going to have some type of uh life lifely trials that is going to face that because I mean, obviously, we still live in a world where uh, many people hate the Lord, many people don't want the Lord, they don't want his kingdom, they don't want him as king, uh, whether that a king of their life or king of the world. Um, and so sanctification and for us, us living in this world, us trying to be more like Christ, both in a public way and a private way, it's always going to be gut-wrenching. It's not just it going to be this warm feeling. Uh, so again, that's biblical. Uh, if you're the craziest section, the exception that nothing ever happens, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I you. Know, you. <laughs> go, go for it. Um, uh, <laughs> kudos to you, but uh, from what is biblical and from what I've heard pretty much every believer say it. sanctification is not just this warm feeling. And then, Hey, one day you get your own planet, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> sanctification is, this is tough, but one day we will finally be with the one we love mm-hmm. and without any presence of any of the evil that is making us suffer thus far. And amongst, amongst this suffering, we have the spirit, um, that holds us together and never allows us to go further than what we can handle. And with him, we can, anything is possible. We can handle anything. Um, and you see that, um, even with all the saints throughout scripture, uh, without th- throughout church history, um, and the martyrs and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, the Lord constantly giving strength um, and blessings to those that he's called um, mm. yeah, and you could just go example for example, from even the Old Testament with job to the New Testament with stephen um and,
0: and so on and so forth mm. yeah, uh to kind of to kind of to wind things down and just talk about one final thing because we 're getting close to the hour mark and um one of the things that I was, when I was kind of like researching and going back to my old theology books, it's just trying to, trying to make sure that I, I covered some good points. And one of the things that the the writer said was, um, it, it's from, from Paul, at least to be in, to be indwelt by the Holy spirit is to be inhabited by God. Mm. And like, I just let that sink in and I was like, Oh my gosh, that is crazy. To think about, you know, we we think we think as Christians and so many times that, you know, God is so far away that he's, you know, in some, he's like in a galaxy far, far away, you know, (laughs) you know, like cue Star Wars music. It Mm -hmm. it seems like he's so far away. But in reality, you know, if you're a believer, he is inside of you. Mm -hmm. Like he he, then that is mind-blowing to think about, but it's also very encouraging to think about as well that when when we go through tough times, when, you know, that relative passes away, when you get, you know, a, a disease, when you go through bad breakups or whenever you go through a divorce or, you know, what, whatever life, you know, kind of just throws your way, you know, God is not distant. He hmm. is living inside you and to the believer listening to this, this should encourage you. This should, you know, give you, it should put a smile on your face. It should blow your mind and, and thinking about, you know, the God who created you, the God who created the universe, the Lord who, who works all things for good is living inside you, leading you, guiding you. And, um, Working in you, and that is a reason to worship the Lord. That is a reason to worship the Holy Spirit. That is a reason to worship Jesus. That is a reason to worship the Triune God, is because He is He is within you, and your 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 body is is a is a host to the Lord of the Lord of Lords, and that is something incredible to think about. Just, what do you What do you think? <laughs> do you disagree? <laughs> <laughs> well, a <was> lot like, oh. <laughs> No,
1: no. I think. I mean, again, it's a blessing. Um, amongst this life of trials and struggles, and uh, like I don't care if you're, you're a Christian, you're a Buddhist, you're atheist, whatever. Like, if you're you're not having any problems. Uh, yeah, that's just not right. It's not real. (laughs) Um, you will, and you do, um, whether you're hiding that or not, uh, whether you're trying to handle that in meditation, um, and just pretty much deciding that, Oh, I don't want to have anxiety. So I'm not going to have anxiety as well. And then you're no longer, you're either not no longer caring about the world. Um, Mm -hmm and you're now just a selfish person uh and we know what's doomed upon you um mm. or um, and yeah i mean that's pretty much it there there's if you if you love anybody if you have relationships and you you genuinely care about the world um you're gonna struggle uh there, mm. there's because the world struggles people struggle you, you, if you you love people, you're gonna hold their burdens, and right. not not everybody's uh, <laughs> in a sense uh, some uh, monk that just sits in the middle of nowhere with no no connections, and just doesn't deal with anything. And mm-hmm. if you are, which you're probably not listening to a podcast, but <laughs> um, I mean, good luck being selfish. Like <laughs> uh, yeah. I pray for you, <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean again like the holy spirit is a blessing uh the holy spirit is even hope for those that are here in the gospel um mm. i mean like you said it's literally god living inside of you and that direct connection that we as recipients of the new covenant are blessed with that the old covenant mm-hmm didn't necessarily, it was not provided for everyone. I mean, you see moments where the Holy Spirit did dwell upon certain people that God was working um, through Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. Um, But it it wasn't a universal thing, and it wasn't an eternal thing um, that was always present. Mm -hmm. Um, And as, you know, that's what Jesus says, is why, like, even he was so I mean in a sense excited but it, and so purposeful with this new covenant that um, uh, God may dwell on the hearts of men and that so that they may know him communicate with him and know his word mm. um, every day and forever um, as a preparer as a preparation for
0: the new kingdom to come well said sir well, it's nearing the hour mark, and uh, wanted to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, thank you uh, f- for anyone who listens. Um, give us a uh, follow on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Armchair ArmchairAustin. Um, and you can also fo- follow Ryan at Ryan underscore H underscore Wilson. He only has 11 followers, so let's give him a little <laughs> bit of a boost there. Um <laughs> But uh we appreciate you guys for listening. We hope this was an encouraging podcast. Next week we'll be back with another episode and I I'm hope I'm thinking about maybe doing a a, a cult next week. Um I'll talk to you about it Ryan, and see what you think. But uh we we'll, we're going to cover a lot of interesting topics and a lot of uh a lot of different things uh, over the coming weeks, so Please stay tuned. Please subscribe to our podcast. Give us a listen. Recommend us to your friends um, if if you've enjoyed it. Uh, Ryan, any last words? No, thank you for listening. Be blessed. Absolutely. And uh, this has been Philosophical Fellows. You guys have a great evening, day, wherever you are. See you later.